0: Hi, I'm Trixie Mattel, ish, Condé Nasty. And I'm an astral projection of Katya, serving you soothsayer sea witch realness, Ursula, the Sea Bitch.
1: And this is Reading Reading Drag Race, Race.
0: the show where we talk about whatever we want. But mostly RuPaul's Drag Race. So, Ursula, how are you? How was your week? Oh, it was a long... It was... I impressed. I am... I am I, I this I'm warning all of our listeners now this is largely my therapy session and you've all just signed up for the ride.
1: Well, I see that you are snatched and rocking your Cindy Crawford drag so you must be trying to hypnotize and manipulate men in positions of power and dismantle the patriarchy a little more than you usually. Oh, are well, this we'll
0: week. fake it till you make it. If you feel bad, make yourself look good.
1: Those triple corsets are really doing something for you, honey. I I haven't breathed in hours. We've referred to production and the sort of three phrases of Drag Race on this show before. We talked about it a fair amount episode one. Uh, because Trixie Mattel is on it this week, I did want to talk a little bit about the first time that I felt like I saw past production in watching the show and took real issue in what they were doing. So um, I know season seven is infamously a season that a lot of people did not like and viewed as like a bizarre sort of fashion-focused season that was poorly edited but they are Trixie Katia even Violet in her own like fashion circles as are very much some of the, like the big legends of the show Ginger Minj was on season 7 and she was on last week we all think she's a yeah. great actress even if she's a bitch um but so my issue with season 7 was primarily Pearl and Trixie um it was very clear early on that the cast was uh, Miss Fame, Violet, and Pearl, and that the show was very aware of the three of them as sort of fashion girls with really talented makeup skills, and it was leaning the challenges towards them and sort of praising what they were doing and ignoring a lot of the comedic chops of that season, for better or worse, mostly worse. Um, But it seemed like Pearl had a... From what we know now, Pearl had like a childhood history of abuse and I think it was sexual abuse that Rue kept kind of prodding and trying to get Pearl to talk about during the show and Pearl never really wanted to have that conversation was always sort of avoiding and evading Rue's bizarre psychobabble and Rue just kind of kept upping the ante and Pearl kept sort of politely trying to disengage and looking like she was on a sedative most of the time um But Trixie, if you remember the fourth episode, Trixie actually performed very well. They found some not logical excuse related to her stepping out of one shot during the filming of a parody video to put her in the bottom against Pearl. Trixie killed the lip sync against Pearl, and then they sent Trixie home. The fans at the time were livid, um, and it was real, real bizarre, because Pearl pretty much looked like she didn't want to be there anymore.
0: Yeah, I I remember my biggest objection to season seven was Katya going home before Kennedy. That was the moment that was, like, ridiculous. Oh, well, we're going to get to Katya at the end of my season seven discussion. Yeah, but but, uh, it's it's one of those, like, I didn't clock the absurdity of the season until Katya went home. But looking back, I I, I take all your points. Well, so after that, then,
1: uh, Trixie came back for the return of the queens. And she was she and Pearl paired up, paired up together and did do the best job. Yeah. I feel like from the moment Trixie got there, they were basically like, your audition video was so funny, but you're not literally showing up on the stage and popping off jokes like Bianca Del Rio. And your makeup is so, like, Barbie doll that we expect that of you. So they kept kind of holding her to a much higher standard because her makeup was so synthetic looking that they were giving her negative critiques that really didn't make any sense. Yeah, um, And then... When she came back with Pearl, she made a point to be a lot more funny in everything she did. She, she won that challenge with Pearl. She came back. The next week, they did the Divine Challenge, and she worked with Ginger Minge and she killed it. She had a much more challenging role. and had to be able to sing, two things she was able to do. But the scene was designed to highlight Ginger, and Trixie had a lot more work to do in the scene while also dancing and interacting with Ginger, who was sitting still in the center stage star of the show, Trixie did a great job, and they told her, well, Ginger really outshined you. And then the next week, and this is where I was really like, are you fucking kidding me? Was the Dancing Queens episode? Um, It was the one where they did dancing mashups, right? the
0: half-and-half looks. Yes, the
1: half-and-half looks where they were dressed like a man and a woman. Um, It was the first episode where I liked Violet at all, because it was clear that, even though she's a cunt, she obviously saw and respected what we all love about Katya. Uh, And so... That part was great. What was not great was that they paired Ginger and Trixie together again. Ginger can't sew, and she can't dance, and they were two things that Trixie is very good at, and they were entirely reliant on Trixie. Their mashup included country line dancing. Trixie knows very well how to do country line dancing, and she did a great job. And the whole episode, if you watch it again, reads like they were just figuring out a way to get Trixie on the bottom, to get her out. She did a great job, her look was great, her dancing was great, Ginger struggled the whole time. And they sent them off the stage, and then they were like, we're judging you in pairs. Then they did a lip sync, Trixie performed the song better than Ginger, and they still sent Trixie home. As far as I understand it, looking back now, it seemed like Trixie was somebody who sent a funny video in, who they knew was a good friend of Pearl's that they could bring on and they could use to emotionally manipulate the Pearl storyline that Pearl was in no way participatory in. And Rue was going up to somebody who was a drug-addicted victim of childhood sexual abuse and trying to do tough love pseudo-psychotherapy in the workroom regularly as a, and not like identifying how fucking exploitative that was. That was the first time I was like, I'm sure Rue has some weird pseudo-babble platitudes on which she tells herself she wasn't crossing a line. But she absolutely crossed the line that season as far as i'm concerned and looking back on it now i feel like it's even more bizarre which is why i feel like the fact that trixie mattel left season seven and spun straw into gold with her career and has become the most commercially successful queen and then because of the weird buffoonery of all stars three for better or worse she won that crown here's how i feel about trixie mattel she earned that fucking crown off screen and Rue owed it to her. So it's fine. But that was the first time I really took issue, and I was like, you are going way, way out of line here, Miss Charles. You are not a trained psychologist. And I'm sure you think that there is not a moral hazard in what you're doing. I'm sure you've convinced yourself otherwise. But you're really crossing a line.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I'll say this uh, relating later in the episode when Trixie shows up again. I, I, Trixie has always had the right attitude about Drag Race mm-hmm. and its role for her. Yes, and it's made her like one of the most pleasant returning queens. Yes, um, there are other queens that are pissier. <coughs> Tyra, I, I'm sorry, I coughed and that didn't mean to. Tyra, I'm talking about Tyra Sanchez. Who, who again? Who's that? I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> or it's just there's like, this weird,
1: there's this weird whiteout spot yeah, in the Drag is, Race lexicon. Yeah, is it weird that didn't about. crown a queen in season
0: two? Yeah, no, I thought <laughs> Raven won that season. Yeah, uh, so just she has the right role, and especially after the nonsense of All Stars three, I appreciated the grace with which Trixie comported herself. Like she knows exactly how everything went down. Yeah, and is not. I don't know if I can handle being not bitter about that where it's like I won, but it feels weird. Like, yeah. That might piss me off enough to not be my usual effervescent self.
1: I think Trixie, yeah, I agree. And I think <laughs> Trixie is fully aware that in a number of ways, the, sh- the buffoonery of All-Stars 3 should not have transpired. In many ways, her career off the show has more than merited her win. Yeah. And I, I think that's great. I also have been a Trixie Mattel fan since prior to her going on that show. Uh, I had mutual friends with her where I would be at the same house parties as her, not in drag. Um, But we never actually spoke, I think, beyond like being at the same cheese table. Um, But actually, I met my husband at our mutual friend's house party, (laughs)
0: uh,
1: ironically. Um, I feel like... How do I say this? What's funny to me now is... She hates lip syncing, which she used to love, but they never let her win it. And now she enters the workroom, guns a-blazing, jokes, puns left and right. She's a regular Bob and Bianca because she learned her fucking lesson.
0: Like Vangie in her corset.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know what? It's What's weird is, as much as I think they did her an injustice and certainly made it up for it later, uh, it, it served her well. She is... Phenomenal. I'm a huge fan of, uh, I see Trixie when she travels. Like, I love that bitch. And I love Katya, so. Yeah. And, and Katya being, I mean, I'm already going on. I, my feelings on Katya being not recognized as a comedic genius in season seven is
0: like a whole other monologue. Yeah, the fact that Katya was not in the top four, let alone the top three. Oh yeah, yeah. Is a sin. So I will say this. This is what I love about production of this
1: show, though. As much as I have a, a separate monologue that I'll try to keep to myself and not, definitely not this episode on Katya, what I loved is this. The producers, the rest of the cast, and the guest judges all saw the like core of irony and the brilliance of Katya existing at the intersection of glamour and comedy that Ross, Michelle, and Rue all fucking missed. And every episode, the guest judge would say something, the panel discussion would be edited in a way that was like clearly this is the winner and this is the loser and the guest judges would like say something about how Katya's humor is irreverent and like say something really positive and then Michelle Visage would dismiss it whoever is in that editing room wanted us all to know that Katya was a comedic genius and all the guest judges were clocking it and Michelle Visage was missing it and I fucking live for that shit Michelle Visage you need to buy some fucking Christmas gifts for that crew because they do not like you. You did not get a good out season seven. I'm going to tell you right now, girl. They were reading you for filth and you deserved it. And I love you. But they were reading you for filth and you deserved it.
0: <laughs> kind of like the inverse of how they left her judging Joel McHale in last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, huh. Oh, that's okay. a whole other thing. So, Okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll close this section by saying hashtag justice for Trixie and Katya.
1: Yeah, hashtag justice for Trixie and Katya, which they have gotten. Oh yeah, oh no, no, they're fine. Yeah, they're, they're fine.
0: They're, they're going to stay fine.
1: Yeah, I, I concur. Alright, uh, so moving on to this episode, we have a special guest appearance this time. Uh, longtime listener, first time caller, our great friend, Oblivia.
2: Yay! Hello! Oblivion
1: is finally here on the podcast. How are you?
2: I'm good. How are you? I'm
1: doing wonderful. I'm so happy you're here and we are already two cocktails in. Yay. yay. yay! Um so for the for the fandom, for the dolls, why don't you tell us about your fandom on Rupaul's Drag Race? How long have you been watching the show? Have you watched all the seasons?
2: It's a wagon I've been a bit on and off. I watched through season five and then, you know, perhaps why I'm so out of it when it comes to pop culture. I don't I don't have a TV. I think I'm the last bitch left without Netflix. And so I stopped watching season six, which I think was when they stopped letting you watch it online without having a cable plan. And then I finally got back on the wagon around season 10. I'm not sure exactly why it was season 10 that got me back on the wagon, but I'm glad it did because I stan Monet. I stan Monet.
1: We're definitely going to have you on for our special bonus episode where we discuss All Stars 4
2: oh yes i have
1: we're all going to have, I have restraints opinions. on we all have opinions <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: um and we don't want to destroy our friendships we yeah, just I'm... want <laughs>
0: discussion yeah discussion different perspectives so that's okay. what we'll call them i mean yeah. don't get me wrong i would not destroy my friendship with you over monet exchange Oblivion and i went to finishing school together in the 1800s <laughs> uh so we've known each other a very long time
2: Yeah, Ursula clearly did better in finishing school than I did. (laughs)
0: Oh my
1: god. Can you give me, like, your transatlantic brinoir accent?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I will say, I I have gazed, as a sea witch, I do have a crystal ball and I've gazed into it, and I know the way our friendship ends is not over drag race, it's murdering each other in an attempt to get on Jeopardy.
1: Sounds accurate. That sounds very accurate. (laughs) All right, um, so... This is our big question for any guest who comes on the show. What is your coven? Um, Which is really, what are your five favorite queens? And beyond that, partially, like, which queens really resonate with you? Do you see part of yourself or your humor in?
2: Hmm, interesting. Five favorite favorite queens. Who would be in your coven? Who would be in my coven? Well... Monet would certainly be somewhere in my coven. I'm not sure she would be first draft, because she's not the only queen I stand, you but... You don't need to rank I love her. Yeah, you, good.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I just
2: want to get the obvious out of the way. Monet would certainly be in my coven. Latrice Royale would be in my coven. Again, I'm not going to get too deeply into All-Stars 4, Well, Oh, you are welcome to
1: tell us what you love about these girls as you go through. This is revealing something about yourself that girls oh, want to know.
2: I just... I always love it when, you know, one thing that you may, that you certainly don't know about me, unless you know me in person, that you can't see on a podcast is... Podcast famously
1: a a visual medium. Go on.
2: (laughs) Yes. I'm not a small queen. Let's just put it that way. And so I always love a fat queen who can just fill the room and be amazing and Latrice.
0: It wasn't just that she was a big queen. She was a big queen who meant it when she said she didn't care or was proud of being a big queen. Because we all love Delta work. She was a very talented queen, but she clearly, clearly had a lot of issues that made a lot of bitterness. And a lot of the big queens are like, oh, I'm thick and juicy, when it's like you're actually just miserable and can't process it. Whereas Latrice was like, L- Latrice was content with herself. In a way that is appealing. And she didn't fixate on it. Yeah. She
1: did, she did so many other things. And it wasn't like... A lot of the big girls you see, they'll be like, I love my body. And everything goes back to like being big or liking to eat yeah. food. You see that with Eureka or Silky. Latrice was like, yes, I'm big. I'm also a thousand other things that are fierce as fuck, bitch. Yeah. And I will do this, like a death drop for you right now. I will do the splits.
2: Exactly. And that's... That's why I think she fills the room, is because, you know, I'm big. Like, that's, it's a shtick. It can be a well-executed shtick, but it's a shtick. Whereas Latrice, Latrice is Latrice.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. She is an icon and the beloved for yeah. <laughs> Yes. Like, even a mediocre performance in All Stars 4 did not diminish that one tiny iota. Not, no, not at all. no. Latrice. The show was asking her to do other
1: things, and I feel like she's so settled in her craft that here's how I feel. I'm so thrilled she was on it. It doesn't change my feelings about her at all. If she didn't want to do some crazy weird cat outfit, she didn't have to.
2: We got to spend more quality time with Latrice. <laughs> Thank Boyette. you. And isn't that what we all want? In Sorry,
1: life? <laughs> you can tell all of us love Latrice. As We're well as jumping in on your coven. Please, oblivia, continue to school us on, on your on your coven.
2: And two queens who kind of going back to the earlier seasons that I watched and they both really just got me in a way that, oh, you mean drag doesn't have to be super glamorous? Because I wasn't really given to watch RuPaul's Drag Race in the first place, even when I watched those few seasons. I just, it's not something I was going to go out of my way to do. So it's like, oh, it's drag, it's... It's high fashion, it's modeling, it's whatever. I just, I knew very little about drag as an art form. Okay. I was just, I figured it was, oh, these like fashionable, like guys dressed up in fashionable women's outfits okay. was kind of what I thought of, what I thought it was before getting schooled. And then just seeing queens who weren't only high fashion, who were a little bit weird, which is why... Sharon needles and pandora box are both just they were the two who kind of first told me
1: there's so much more to this performance art there's
2: more than just performance art you can be kind of weird you know i'm looking back at high school oblivia and high school oblivia actually well my hair wasn't quite as purple only because mom and dad didn't let me dye my hair when I was in high school so I'd... Child abuse. I would try to put green streaks or purple streaks over my dark brown hair and nobody could see it because of course they couldn't. But I had my tube of blue lipstick that I just treasured. Like I, I found it at the Sephora on the Champs Elysees when I was a senior in high school and went to Paris for spring break and took that back to the States and freaking treasured it until I moved to Chicago and oh my god there's a Sephora in Chicago. Then they stopped selling blue lipstick at the end of my first year of college. But that's another story. But yeah, I mean, I was just jeans and a t shirt and try to put as much of like blue or purple or green or unnatural colors as I could get away with. And my jeans are usually covered in song quotes written all over them. Um, you know, just I wasn't high fashion. And so I was surprised to see these queens who had their own style and it wasn't high fashion. It wasn't something that I was gonna see, fashion week, haute couture, anything like that. And that was when I started to realize, you know what? I'm no, I'm no longer watching RuPaul's Drag Race as something that's a reality show that I could discuss with my friends over a beer at some point. It was, maybe there is a place in drag for weirdos, you know? <laughs> Like yeah. them, like me.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, for sure. There definitely is. Um, I, I frankly love like gender funk, punk kind of uh, drag. I I am somebody where my own inclinations lean a different direction, but I vehemently love and respect the Sharon Needles and the Evie oddlies of the world. And yeah. I think they make very big and important comments on the world, and I, like, stand for them. Well, yeah,
0: even reaching back into the mists of time in the first season, like, one of the one of the earliest times I disagreed with the judges was how what they thought of Angina, where it's like, she's amazing and adorable and delightful, and you keep reading her for wearing pants, but... She wears them well. She does. She wears it well, she girl. She does. Okay.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree.
2: Yeah, and that's kind of interesting. You bring up kind of the gender funk thing, only because... I feel like I'm playing a gender role whenever I'm dressed up as super femme or super masculine, you know, be it oh, like I am wearing a I'm wearing a corset or I am in the Elizabeth Bathory Halloween costume that I walked into Ursula's place and Ursula didn't know who walked into her apartment that day. Yeah, they slay it. And, you know, whether it's that or it's, you know, the queers and associates dance that I went to as I I called myself Larry that night and I painted stubble on my face and I binded with an ace bandage never do that by the way that's not safe I didn't know this at the time I didn't even know there was a word binding for what I was trying to do don't bind with an ace bandage spend the you know $40 on a real binder from early to bed anyway rant done even that the you know hyper masculine I still like felt like I was play in a role, but it was just nice to see that in a drag competition that was on real TV of all things, there were people playing with it in ways that weren't high fashion glamour queens.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Even Peppermint, who is like, su- like she's a performer who veers towards uh, the femme and is, is trans. Um, she, she is... You know, talked a lot about what she loves about drag is that it, it, it primarily that it gives a big middle finger to the rules of gender that restrict us all and I think that that is short and sweet and clear and I concur entirely as a queer person I feel like I've always gravitated towards that because I feel like the binary rules of gender by which so many other people live their lives that are something that as early as I could fucking remember,
0: I was like, what is this nonsense? Oh, yeah. Truly, if, what is this nonsense? If, if it's one thing we all agree here at uh, at uh, Reading Drag Race, it's that straight people are ridiculous. In Oh my god. And
1: so are, anyway, are the straights
2: with, okay?
0: <laughs> they're not okay.
2: Yeah, no, that's
1: that is actually <laughs> the moral of the story here, bitch. They are not okay.
2: And so finally, just to kind of tie this up, because I know we've got lots of dragons. 33 lots of looks opinions. to get through
0: today
1: girl
2: no, queen, queen number five from my coven will be one from this season there are several who I absolutely adore this season who make me sing but the one who I'm like she is too good for this world and we do not deserve her Miss Vangie. Oh, okay. See,
1: I... I was expecting an E.V. out of you. So was I. Okay. I, I
0: mean, don't get... I was really expecting oh. Aquarius, Aquaria because I know of your love of... Aquarius. Okay, okay. Oh, God. Deep, deep breath Don't...
1: Do not give Oblivia a heart attack on my couch <laughs> well, right this, now.
0: Well, this... This is a marker of the 200 <laughs> years that Oblivion and I have known each other that I can lovingly joke <laughs> with that. And push their <laughs> buttons and all
1: of the... First radio. of all,
2: I just said the A word.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. A-
2: anyway, like, I... I love Evie Oddly, I love Nina West, but just Miss Vanjie cracks me up. Everything she says is hilarious. The this side and that side of high fashion on the runway and gruff voice talking in the background oh, for sure. cracks me up and just the fact that, you know, I knew her from season 10 like well, like anyone who yeah. doesn't really super follow drag outside of drag race, as well as someone who was just getting back on the boat for season 10, I knew her as Miss Vanjie, Miss Vanjie, and then all the memes that popped up on Twitter. And for her to, you know, come back and both embrace that and roll with it and just be secure enough in herself to be like, no, bitch, I'm more than just an internet meme. Right and yet still not reject the fact that she's an internet meme just no, she's, embrace she's it like, I got a have meme fun girl. with it yeah. and still roll on I love that like we do not deserve Miss Vanjie.
1: Uh so I will say uh, to that I I am somebody who I think tends to follow a lot of the queens in their pre and post but definitely their post uh, drag race career and I feel like I, I've seen Vanjie twice between season 10 and 11 including with heterosexuals student, did not <laughs> really get drag and I will tell you right now she went out there with most of the All-Stars forecast and stole the fucking show. First off, I'm really curious what her natural complexion is but that night she was like Beyonce colored and Beyonce wigged. She can dance better than Beyonce. We haven't seen it yet on the show I'm tell you right now. She is a fucking phenomenal dancer and she went over to that microphone and was just a sharp voice stand-up comedian after giving you Beyonce. Lovely dance, the house down's Destiny Child at her most athletic prime. She gets up there and sounds like a shark. That whole fucking auditorium was vibrating. <laughs> she stole the show from everybody. I think that Miss Vanjie's post drag race career potential amongst both gays and straights is off the fucking charts, and I think production knows it. I and wanna, they are like, I want to
2: see her in person. Oh she, my god, she is
1: phenomenal. She is fucking phenomenal. Like to me, I've, I enjoyed 10, I enjoyed the meme, I enjoyed where I'd see her, I'd see her on fashion photo review. I've, I've followed her on Instagram, I've seen her in sporadic videos. Tell you right now, she is like, it was pretty much all of the All Stars forecast and she stole that fucking show. She is great live. You should definitely see her. Um, make a point to see her. So that's my endorsement for you, Vangie. We fucking love you, bitch. So that leads nicely into my question just broadly. What are you thinking about season eleven thus far?
2: I am liking it a lot more than I expected to after the first episode or two. Just the cast was so big, and there really weren't a lot of queens that I was. I was having a hard time sorting out some of the queens. It was just such a huge cast bunch, exactly. And you know, there were fewer jumping out. Evie Oddly, obviously, just because Evie is. A weird, party, so conceptual queen. Yeah. Any of them. Yeah. And you know, a couple of them, Vanji obviously, because I love me some Vanjie. Nina, who I just, I, she was the queen even on the first day when they all walked in the doors. That I was like, you, you are going to speak to me. Yeah. And even her, it took a couple weeks for her to kind of get her stride. But it's Britney Bitch Network. That was the Nina and I was I looking for. Her,
1: honestly. <laughs> And it was really painful. Season, episode one was really painful for me because I knew she had that in her. I knew enough about her career and her performance. I'd never seen her live, but I heard great things. And my husband has a lot of gay, queer family members who live in Columbus who, like, see her regularly because oh, they live nice. for her. And so when I saw her episode, I was excited for her when I saw her episode one and I thought she might go home. I was grief-stricken and so relieved that she didn't. Episode 3, you'd think it was like 10 episodes in. (laughs) Like, internally, the celebration for (laughs) Nina West getting her moment was insane. But she deserved it. And I think now everybody is seeing what was there. And I'm very glad she's there. Um, I think she's somebody... She's very good at things that I feel like the show has not always praised. I also think being middle-aged and not the most conventionally attractive usually works against you on this show, unfortunately. And I feel like I'm very happy that they're like they see her and they're giving her her cookies and she deserves them.
2: And as someone who's middle-aged and not conventionally attractive, I love Nina selling the hell out of everything that she can sell the hell out of. Yeah, it no. makes me so happy to see her do well.
1: Yeah, no, me too. <laughs> um, I will say on Evie Oddly, I feel like because it's a season of, like, legacy and pageant queens, who, while I, was, I myself was skeptical about it first, but I'm like, these girls are talented, even if they're, like, I don't know, a little more conformist than I usually like in my drag queens. If they're fucking great actresses and they're giving us killer runways, I'm here for it, right? I do think that Evie Oddly, in this context, does feel like the spiritual successor to Sharon Needles. And I I do feel that way about her, but I feel like it's like really highlighted because she's in a cast where she's so... Like, the contrast is so much higher. Yeah, She's
2: cat. so different than, like, the 500 Davenports. <laughs> right,
1: right. And I love the Davenports. Like, I'm going to be honest. I feel like they're not getting... They're all... To me, they've largely been serving... Other than Honey, the week she went home. They've mostly been serving pretty good looks that yeah, not I think one her. of those
2: Davenports needed to be packing her bags. Well, we will we'll get, get to that. Episode. <laughs> all right. All
1: right. So this is probably a good time to pause and take a commercial break where we discuss how much we love our squatty potties and refill our cocktails, uh, and move on to this week's episode. All
0: right. And we're back and it's time to dive into this week's episode and properly. Um, nothing real. the only moment, the only thing I will clock in the workroom return is that, uh, Uh, Scarlet Envy is feeling her oats, but what Scarlet doesn't realize is that there are other people and other oats that they may be feeling. Yep. There are other oats to feel with Scarlet. Yeah. RuPaul said good casting, which to be fair, RuPaul did say good casting. That was a... And that was accurate. That was... And and correct. And fair play to Scarlet, but... Don't don't squeeze that for more than it's worth, girl. I,
1: I will say you called well. That Scarlet takes like a tiny compliment and is like, "I'm really doing great. I can't believe I didn't win." And it's like, all right, the micro like the magnifying glass under which you see all of your good
0: is a little crazy. Yeah, it's <laughs> one of those like mirrors we use to like look at our pores in real high definition. It's like, yeah, right. Okay, moving
1: on to the mini-challenge. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. The 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 back-to-the-workroom thing, what really matters is Akiria asking uh, Brooklyn and Vanjie, you know, I've noticed you two have gotten real close, and Vanjie responding with, Brooklyn's just, she's my real good friend. And Brooklyn being (laughs) like, it's new, it's fresh, we're feeling it out, and they kissed each other. So, despite Rue teasing this a couple times, most infamously with Jinx and uh, Ivy Winters where nothing happened, um... This is the first time where we actually have two girls who are finding love in a hopeless place in this workroom. Um, I don't think Sister Dick makes you sick. Uh, So good for them. I was
2: really glad that they did that and did it at the beginning of the show. Only because... And I will say it's not even because of whatever teasers may have happened in previous weeks. It was from listening to this show last week that all I could think of when it was about to start is, what's going to happen with Vangie in Brooklyn? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: So the fact that they tackled it like right off the bat and then, not going to lie, what also cracked me up about a minute later was Nina totally fucking with Silky.
0: Uh, but Nina See, paid, Nina paid a price for it I feel like I feel like Nina was here's Nina, the thing Nina was like I'm gonna make a joke at an, at a 6 out of 10 and then Silky took it to an 11 out of 10 yeah
1: that's like sticking your hand in a lion's cage girl the lion. Oh, yeah. dead, like I don't trust Silky to not run away with that
2: Oh the, the the thing that really made it for me was that you know they like Nina does like the kiss Silky whatever and we know it's a joke and then like Silky comes back in for it again and Nina comes in, comes in, comes in. Oh denied! <laughs> that cracks <me> See
1: up. <laughs> you lived for it and I just felt a whole lot of anxiety for Nina because I was <laughs> like I don't trust Silky Ganache. Don't pet um, don't pet the dolphin under their belly. You're starting something, you're not ready to finish. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I they think, tell you that when you go swimming. Yeah, I think swimming.
2: Nina's mature enough to handle it. Like, I think... I, I trust Nina to be able to down Silky down. Okay, all right,
1: all right. Um, also, when they return, Evie and Raja start to get into it again. And those are two people who I'm just like, just leave each other alone. Yeah. Like, Did honestly, just leave Evie each other alone. Evie gives
2: me life.
1: Oh, see, to me, I get Evie's directness... And I, there's so much that I love about her, but I'm like, leave it alone. You and Raja, like, don't like each other. It's fine. Like, leave each other the girl alone. girl can
0: never come for a Well, that was girl. fucking
1: hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that that is, like, strangely Drag Race legend, and I feel like needs to be her t-shirt. I yeah. hope she has that out.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, so all right, moving, on, moving to the, on to the mini-challenge. The best part, really the only good part of this mini-challenge was the presence of Trixie Mattel. Yep. We didn't discuss Trixie out of nowhere. We knew she was coming.
1: Oh, yeah, no. I fucking stand that bitch, girl.
0: I I listen to her albums regularly. They are great. I'm going to say I loved her outfit coming into the workroom. That, like, 70s game show wallpaper. She
1: loves that thing. Oh, it's so good.
0: It's like I can see Gene Rayburn... Hawking me a boxy car yeah. in front of that pattern. Something I love
1: about Trixie is that she takes coincidences and makes something out of them. Like, after season seven, traveling a lot, she gained some weight, she got bigger padding. Then she lost weight because she was like, oh girl, you put on 30 pounds. And then she was like, I'm giving you Dolly Parton with this padding that I've been wearing because I've lost weight and I'm still wearing the big padding. Which coincided with the timing of her country album coming out and she was like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to give you Dolly Parton drag. I'm promoting a country album. Like, she stumbles on coincidences and she sees the gold in them. And I love that about that bitch. So it
0: was lovely to see Trixie again. We all agree.
2: I was just really disappointed in myself that as soon as RuPaul had a doll and it became clear it was going to be a guest, that my mind didn't immediately go to, oh, Trixie Mattel, of course. Yeah, 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 Like, the fact that it was a surprise, I'm disappointed myself.
1: We're gonna get you to watch season seven, girl. <laughs> You're gonna get through it.
0: So, the challenge
2: itself, was I the only one who thought
0: it was just, like, a non-entity? No, I mean, I think there was something to it. I
1: wasn't, I, I it didn't gag me.
0: Well, nothing felt, like, really on point because, like, they all interpreted doll as vaguely pretty, moving stiffly. And I don't, like, I don't know, I just, nothing's saying for me. Even Raja, Raja, I I agree with Raja winning it, but I also don't care. Yeah, no. There
2: are are only two things that I remember about the mini. One is just the brightness of Evie's outfit. Oh, yeah. And the other is, why the heck was a prize, a gift certificate, to cool house ice cream? Oh, we all thought (laughs)
1: that. Yeah. We all were like, and poor Raja, I feel like. I'm not, I'm not a stan for Raja, but I do think that she has perform- been performing better than they have been acknowledging throughout this competition. I think that she won the, this mini-challenge because she did the best overall in terms of combining looks, posing, and humor... And that, that $100 ice cream gift certificate is. Well, that it was
2: 1000 right? not not oh, 100 okay. But still, but still, buy still how like, why not drag supplies? Yeah, no,
1: I know. Where, what about fiercedragjewels.com? Ju- boobsforqueens.com.
0: Like, that's boobsforqueens.com. Vanity
1: hair. I yeah, mean, like,
0: Courtney asked hello. How do, you, how do you even spend $1,000 on ice cream? What if she's lactose intolerant? Oh, have we <laughs> thought about that? Just. It, I literally
1: there, There's
2: going to gonna be an ice cream party in the workroom next week. Yeah, I, and as
0: much as it doesn't matter, it
1: was just like, what? the fuck?
0: No, like, like okay. you couldn't
2: find a cosmetic no, no, company? No, no, it's it,
0: the off week? Yeah. It, it's like when someone in your office is having a birthday and you totally forgot to do something, so you, like, rifle through, like, the accumulated gift cards in the drawer from the other gift cards you've received to be like, oh, this is for you. I'm like, what What even was that? okay. Okay, yeah. so we we have covered that.
1: Yeah. We had feelings.
0: Yeah, we put more thought into that ice cream prize than they did. Yeah, no, they don't care. <laughs> um, okay, so moving on to the main challenge, the world's most epic main challenges. Thirty three looks.
1: Yeah, the monster ball. Yeah, um, and I'm I've, I've got to say right now, I am a Halloween birthday. Ursula oh, is a Halloween
0: birthday. Yeah.
1: This uh, It is a gay high holiday. Uh, Oblivion
0: is also a Scorpio, so not that far removed. Uh,
1: I grew up in a very, like, predominantly Mexican neighborhood and a very pro-Halloween family. Halloween is a high holiday for me. This whole podcast I've been saying they need to start recycling, like, categories for runways because this isn't working. I'm going to tell you right now, when I heard this spooky runway, I heard all three of those categories and I knew Elvira was one of the judges. I was so fucking stoked. I was so excited.
2: Let me say this about Elvira. Yeah. When they revealed her as the judge, you know, in the first maybe seven minutes of the show, she comes out on the runway and all I could think of is, oh my God, your boobs are perkier at, you know, 60 whatever years old than mine were at 15. My well, it's God.
0: That's, that's a great jumping-off point for a point I've been sitting on about Elvira since we turned on the microphone tonight. Uh, I read it. I, where did I read it? Was it oh, Tom and Lorenzo? So Someone pointed this out to me, and I'm going to expound on it here. But Elvira is kind of like the perfect example of the cisgendered female drag queen because she was as cinched and as painted as Mama Ru. Oh yeah, There's and not more. And and she's built a career out of that alter ego. Yes. So when people try to throw the, like, oh, well, bio queens aren't really queens, I'm like, that <laughs> is not how... What's her name? Cassandra? What's her last name? Like, we don't need to know. But, like, Tribute that is boss. not how that woman wakes up in the morning. No, not at it's all. It's how I wake up in the morning, but that's a different story. It is a different story. Again,
1: <laughs> you are rocking your fiercest Cindy Crawford I-need-to-dismantle-the-patriarchy-through-hypnosis-and-manipulation look tonight. I've taught my mole to say,
0: Clock
3: 96!
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, no, I, uh... I mean, I, I agree with all of that, but I'm also like, guys, in 2019, I think we've all learned that plastic surgery has worked out a lot of the kinks. I mean, I look at Elvira, and I remember the last time she was on was maybe like 45 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I look at her, and I'm like, she looked great then, but was clearly aging, and she looks younger now. I'm like, you had some great work. And I'll say this, I don't judge anybody for having plastic surgery. But I will say this, I respect you if it's abundantly clear that you did your fucking homework before you went into the night. Oh, El-
2: Elvira did oh, yeah. her homework. Yeah, yeah. Elvira's got a good yeah. doctor. Thank Elvira you Dr. knows Sismore. exactly. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Dr. Sizemore. For reals. It's like... <laughs> okay, so what was, so tr- seriously, 33 challenges. That's like one year for every year Jesus was alive. It's what? like a biblical scale challenge. So let's dive in. What was the first look? That was The, the first, first category trampy, was Trampy trick or treat? Yeah. Okay. Um,
2: Which I almost read as Trumpy, and I'm like, no, oh, that's wait, last Not year. again. Wait, wait, <laughs> not again.
1: I want to pause for one second and yeah. just make one comment on the workroom. Mm-hmm. I felt like that we've all heard that this season, it's like these girls are talented, but they're not bickering enough, and they're really struggling to edit and come up with a reality television show. In the workroom. And my feeling is if you got a cast of really fucking talented queens and they're not being dramatic, focus more on the drag. It's fine. I like that they edited a little bit of the girls being like, I don't know if that'll work, and tried to like yeah. edit in fake drama. The one part I loved was Brooklyn came over and was inquiring about consider considerately. And vanji was clearly in a way that was super controlled and intentional giving her the cold shoulder because she's worried that worrying about this like romance will result in her getting distracted in the competition and as much as I totally get where she's coming from and I like respect it there's a little part of me that's like girl if this is happening for real and you're letting it happen romantically Brooklyn came in here as the person that everybody was like she's gonna win this season she's coming over and making sure your looks looking good and you got it tailored to your body Take the help, girl. Get a little Machiavellian. (laughs) Lean in, bitch. You're letting it happen. You're kissing her. You might as well let her scent you. Are you
0: fucking (laughs) Like, Like,
1: for me, I would be like, yes, God. Like, if somebody else who didn't know what they were doing was who I was hooking up with, that would be, like, Ariel Versace, don't give me your advice, bitch. I don't need to Lisa Frank this shit. But, like, Brooklyn, yes,
0: yes. Yeah, was, oh, and do you think do that you was cold. look good? That was cold. Am I wrong? You're not wrong, but it's still cold. <laughs> yes. Okay, all
2: right. The, the one thing about the workroom that really gave me life was when Rue was going around to check on everyone and for, first visits Nina, says hello, and Nina calls Rue, Mr. Charles. I loved that
1: i also love that they were talking about murder she sat down and wrote i'm gonna tell you right now my (laughs) husband is a scooby-doo super fan as the display on the bookshelf behind you makes abundantly clear and he is younger than i because you know i keep it tight and uh i made him sit down and watch murder she sat down and wrote because he didn't know who angela lansbury was and when we started watching that he was like oh my god I finally know what Velma did in retirement. And he watched <laughs> the entire series, sometimes with me out in the house because he like didn't want me to know how much he was like, I finally know what
0: Velma did in retirement. Um, I fucking love that show. I watched it all the I, time. No, that show's amazing. In Hersela's other life, Hersela's a huge trekkie, and Captain Janeway is the murderess like three times on that show. It's everything. yeah. No. So but I love that they were
1: talking about murder show. she sat
0: down and wrote. Well, it's on Netflix, girl, and I'll give you my password. We're yeah. going to get you <laughs> watching it. And then we're going to start our separate Mur- Murder, She Sat Down and Wrote podcast, yeah. and it's going to be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: agree. All right, so moving on to DC the 33 30 looks, looks, the first challenge, the uh, Trampy Trick-or-Treater. So... I, I guess that we'll just talk quickly about the main stage. Rue looked good in a cute little circus outfit. I love
0: that wig. That's one of my favorite wigs in a while. I felt indifferent, but a lot of other people loved it.
2: See, Rue's outfit just wasn't singing to me this week. It's like there was a wig, there was a dress with way too many stripes and sequins. It wasn't, I didn't feel like it was thematic towards the monster thing. You know, bitch gives everyone else, like, oh, you didn't serve me Halloween, you didn't serve me monster. You didn't set the mood, Mama She Rue. doesn't
1: set the mood. I felt like she thought the little hint of circus that that weirdly contrasting and bizarrely striped at the bottom in a way that made no fucking sense, tri-colored glitter number, gave us, like, yeah. e- a even, little circus weird, and I'm gonna tell you, it didn't give me enough circus weird.
2: Even aside from whether it set the mood or not, I think it was... It was too much, and it wasn't going anywhere. I mean, my... I don't like...
1: Like, Rue Paul is a fifty nine year old man who looks like a runway model. Like, I don't like to be too harsh on him. It wasn't my favorite look. I also did not live for the wig, but to each their own. Ursula, was living for it. She's very aware that Platinum Blonde opens the most stores with the patriarchy when she's trying to <laughs> undermine them.
0: <laughs> Alright, so my I okay, I did as both a drag race super fan and a hardcore musical theater queen I did live for Nina West's homage to Little Shop of
2: Horrors. <gasps> oh my that god,
0: was amazing!
2: That was the first of three Nina West looks that I lived yeah. for.
1: So I loved the look. I was a little like, if this is Trampy Trick or Treater, you're not giving me Trampy Trick or Treater. But I fucking love the costume. <laughs> like I'm like, you wanted to do that costume. This was a Halloween look somebody could rock. This was you made the skirt shirt this short in order to fit the category but yeah. like this was just Nina West gold. and I want to tell you right now Still I'm fine it. with that yeah, totally. like, I'm fine with that I loved totally. it I thought it was phenomenal I concur with both of you it's probably my favorite <sighs> look of this, this oh category.
2: my god absolutely
1: yeah um, and then uh, so Scarlet performed a pirate in a skimpy outfit I have to say I do think the category in self trampy trick or treater does sort of ask can you give me basic bitch on Halloween giving you trampy so if you didn't, you stood out. I thought Scarlett's like gold pirate that she performed was decent. It stood out. Everything before it was real, real basic.
2: Oh, uh, the, I, I have to, I have to bring out. There were two things that really jumped out at me before Scarlett. One like. Maybe this is really what got me set off on the wrong foot. Spoiler alert, I think Akira needed to go home. I hated absolutely everything she did on the runway this week. And I say that, like, that first, you know, poker dealer look, it's like it was not not only not serving me enough trampy trick-or-treater, but it's like, ugh. Like, it was so just craft show. It offended me as a poker player.
0: I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to. The minute you brought up a curious look, I'm like, you're going to be most offended that the poker was ill-dealt or something. Like, that. No,
2: it wasn't even that it was ill-dealt. I couldn't see how it was dealt, but it was just like she tied some, you know, green poster board or some cards on it around her neck with a kind of... Blah, boring showgirl-ish outfit.
1: I completely disagree. It was a perfectly tailored, actually unique in the way that it was done in the bottom, glittery, like pageant girl does a slutty version what of the she, poker you dealer. You know, what she should have done I thought about, it was a really perfectly executed trampy trick-or-treater because you see the, like, sex kitten Vegas do, dealer. You know what
0: she should have done instead of poker to make it a more cohesive look was be like an old-school cigarette girl. Because then the piece would have made more sense.
1: I think that that was the one look that she killed on this. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so, I I
1: feel that Akira has been serving a minus and being ignored this entire competition. I will
0: I, I give you that.
1: And I feel very weird about the way that the Davenport's are all bringing you a minus pageant drag and being completely like, oh, you're safe every week. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this was very good in that it was tailored to her body and it was trampy and basic, and I feel like trampy trick-or-treater implies that now if you want to read her second and third runway category looks i'm here for we'll get there it. in a
0: second oh, I'll be reading before those. we before we depart trampy trick-or-treater i think we all have oh to we have need a... to move on to Sugar. And, and, Thank and, and you. we're still yeah. in this category Yeah, around. we need a moment of healing and discussion and uh some kind of group therapy session for whatever weird the fuck avatar adjacent bizarro thing Sugar was doing no.
2: She said she was going to be a troll. The, the je ne quoi of a troll is that hair that you rub up to a point. Yep. That hair didn't come to a point. Nope.
0: Also, why did she not paint her skin blue yes. if she was going to wear a blue jumpsuit? This feeds into
1: your Adina Menzel wicked. You've got to do the details or it doesn't work. You wore a purple jumpsuit bodysuit and then you like just have your tan from the neck up yeah, face. What? what the fuck are you like literally what's crazy to me is this if she wore the like dangly outfit with just her body and the weird hair yeah or any other hair just looked like trampy basic bitch giving you like belly dancer and walked down that runway she would have been safe they wouldn't even notice
0: oh yeah or or she could have done the jewel on her belly button yeah I what's funny is legitimately, up pencil up her ass.
1: Legitimately not having the purple <laughs> bodysuit on and having everything else, they would have been like, Oh, she's some sort of weird belly dancer and they would have been like, That yeah. is something a trampy basic bitch would wear in Halloween and wouldn't have even clocked it as yeah. terrible. Yeah. He, I so I love Sugar for a number of reasons. I like that she's an older gal who's like kept it tight, she's sexy, she's feeling her zhuzh, left, right, and center, and she like I mean, I thought it was weird that it was like I left my dead end six figure
0: job that might not. That's no, not no dead. you mean dead inside, not dead. Six, end. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah you.
2: like she means dead inside. As someone who has left a corporate job that I absolutely hated to do something not drag, but impractical and delightful all the same. Um, I feel that about Sugar Cane, but nothing about that outfit's no, control absolutely. to me. I,
1: I like her so much, and I like her presence because i do feel like there's a lot of let's focus on like young really talented people even i so even like venture capitalists there's all these articles coming out about how like the best venture capitalists are 42 but investors really like the idea of like a brilliant maverick which is how you get an elizabeth holmes in the like, fire they, festival. they yeah. want like even older people are just interested in younger people and that's how you get that. But people who actually succeed at doing things like starting new businesses are usually, on average, in their early 40s because they know enough about the world to synthesize everything they've learned and put it together and do something that's I better. will
0: say, despite being in her 40s, she is a relatively inexperienced queen, and I think tonight that shows.
1: I know. I agree. And I, like, I what I liked was she's an older, <laughs> still feeling her joj new to this industry but shark girl I like what she brings she's a totally different voice and yeah, perspective totally. I like her a lot I was really disappointed was to see her yeah. fail so terribly um the troll look was bad and then Brooklyn's mummy on point I felt like was the most minimalist and basic and she danced to sell the fuck out of that outfit
2: and she sold the fuck out she of it she sold the fuck <laughs> out
1: of it but I was I was still like like it was great for a mummy but I was like eh I was just, it wasn't enough for me that I was, I was, I mean, we'll get to the final.
0: So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, without the dancing on point, even if we're just in heels, that would be a pretty lackluster look. Everyone was just delighted by dancing on point, which to be fair is super hard and like disfiguring. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Oh my God.
1: I have, I have been with enough ballet dancers to tell you, you don't want to look at their feet while you're (laughs) fucking them. It's real great till you get below those ankles, girl. Those toes are not cute. They are a nightmare. And moving to toes, the last category, the last person for this category I think we need to discuss is Evie Oddley, with her uh, weird dinosaur, yeah. dinosaur I had no comedy I- routine.
2: I had no idea until later when they actually zoomed in on Evie Oddley's feet that those were dinosaur claws on heels and not like swim fins. Yeah, no, 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 no I know. <laughs> like I just. I loved it. I loved the whole thing that she did with her arms. It was hilarious. I thought it was adorable and funny, and definitely the most odd that Evie allowed herself to be during these yeah. three looks. Oh, yeah, and it was, it was fun. It was Evie.
1: Yeah, I wish we saw the whole thing because I do believe them that she managed to dress like a bootylicious tramp with like that that sort of curly hair on the back, where it was like a weird collage cutout of, like, a trampy girl with curly hair and a dinosaur where it was like, she's got these nude heels, but then the front is this, where it was, like, a comedically bizarre hodgepodge of those things that she performed as performance art on stage that I bet
0: is fucking hilarious in person. Yeah.
1: And it was funny a little bit, but I bet it was great. My
0: my thought watching this come down the runway was, I don't like this, but I do love it. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, no. Because... The, the look itself, no, but the performance of it, I
3: think, was great. Yeah,
1: amazing. and I think there's like there's something to her choosing to do a big booty girl yeah. bent over to get the proportions of a T Rex, but then like, is this girl in yoga pants? Like, what's happening? Who, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you yeah. see the character of the person and the character of the costume.
2: Like both Evie and Brooklyn worked in that round because they sold it the right they way.
1: They performed the, the costume for sure. All right, so the second category is which please. Which
2: started with a curia in a boring, shapeless witch outfit. It's like her witch outfit was offensively a non-entity to me. <laughs> so
1: it was I thought it was well tailored to her body for what it was. I'm gonna be honest, I feel like when a dark skinned black queen does a all black look, including black wig, and like doesn't even have like eye makeup that pops or anything. I'm like, this is so monochromatic. Why are you working against yourself? I get that witch draws you to black, but she was so black that it was like, you know what you look like on the runway? A non-entity. And you're better than this. Like, that's how I feel about Icaria. I I watched that and I was like, it's good. You needed to add details that would pop it all. This is so monochromatic that it's like, you're killing me. You're killing me.
0: Also, I didn't like her antler. She was going for that, like, Angelina Jolie Maleficent thing that Plastique Tiara did an order of magnitude better.
2: Yes yeah yeah Because didn't she have like the stuff st- stuck yeah yeah like the the bird on one of it or whatever yeah. and It was just like a curious as much as a curious trampy trick-or-treater actually like affirmatively pissed me off a curious which outfit passively pissed me off by being such a non-entity
0: Okay. Uh, Vanjie was a misstep this week up and down the board. Like, nothing really sang, and I think the witch outfit was kind of emblematic of those problems. You you disliked her witch outfit that much? I didn't dislike it, but it was... It, it didn't... It's
1: a dress. It was a black dress. It did have the crow feathers thing, which feels like something drag queens do post that Snow White movie with, yeah. um... Charlie's Throne. Charlie's Throne and uh, Kristen Stewart. Stewart. Um...
2: I I liked how the drape looked. I liked liked how the construction of the black dress. Yeah.
1: I liked all of that. And I think the idea of a skirt with so much feathers, like I'll give you that it gives me a little witch. It wasn't enough. Yeah. Nothing was bad about it. And it wasn't like, but like you needed to give me a little more witch girl.
0: Uh, Who's, who else is up here? Uh, staked did Maleficent. She, amazingly. The
1: makeup was good. Yeah. The, of course it was great. The horns were great. She knew what she was doing.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, back in the midst of time, Condi, Olivia, and I, we all saw Maleficent together. And we, yes. We lived. I,
2: I went to Maleficent not really to watch the movie because I don't watch movies. I actually haven't been to a movie theater since watching Maleficent with you that time. But what sold me on going to Maleficent was less like watching the movie and more watching Ursula watch the movie. Oh, yeah. Although oh. I caught myself enjoying the movie as well in spite of myself. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, and plastic delivered. Amazing. Yeah, for sure. Nina West gave us Old Salem.
2: Oh, that Old Salem. I loved that so much. I mean, even the fire, like, yeah, it wasn't maybe like realistic fire, but it was all just... Just... I don't even think "cartoonish" is the right word. Just it sort had a of two-dimensional, it had a campy
1: quality. Yeah, it was you campy.
2: Know it was old-school charm. It, it was, was. It was truly old-school religious imagery. Yeah, it was
0: like it was. Yeah, the simplicity. American
2: Protestant religious. Yeah, the imagery. simplicity
0: actually worked. I also appreciate just for variety's sake an old like. I appreciated that there was nothing in that that Red Handmaid's Tale because girl, it's hard find a, find a way to protest without wearing a red robe. It's done. We've we've squeezed it out. Get a new one.
1: <laughs> Th- this message was brought to you by Ursula and all of her rage. Yeah. <laughs> um, so- and then
2: right after Nina was Raja, who looked like New York as Oz, and that made me a little sad because I don't think they used New York to her full potential last week. And bitch had better just like join the cast because I want or like join the cast of judges because I want more New York. But anyway.
1: All right. Well, did you have any thoughts on Raja's look?
2: It was okay. It was. It wasn't black like a lot of yeah. the. You know, it was. It was something new. It was something different. She looked so much like New York that I just wanted her to be New York. All
1: right. Well, that's a separate <laughs> conversation. Uh, I do. I do. Does feel a little bit like the wicked witch of the west married one of the citizens of Oz, and and you know that was a controversial marriage, but this is their love child. Um. So, Sugar came down the runway as Bloody Mary and did a great job. Yeah, this was her. I
2: loved the creepy makeup.
1: Yeah, and she had the frame the that she like prop through. Great, it yeah. reminded me of my childhood. She performed it, and it was expertly executed. Yeah. Hers- it was her one great look.
0: Ursula is a secular humanist who isn't normally superstitious, but she still can't bring herself to do Candyman or Bloody Mary because I'm just like what if I'm wrong? It's not <laughs> like you're going to give me money if I do it. And if I'm wrong, I die horribly. So I still can't say it.
1: I don't it know. After Haskell's the week,
2: Langer, you... but for horror movies, after <laughs> the you... week, thank
0: you, Oblivia.
1: <laughs> oh my God. After the week you've had, I- I'm glad you're not tempted. Um, so Brooklyn came out as Enchantra from the suicide squad, who was played in the movie suicide squad by the judge that we did not mention the model Kara is it Delavine? Delavine, yeah. It's yeah. A, one of Boom, those... I've seen many yeah. places, and is like an iconic... I see photographs of her everywhere, I've got to admit. I had very little... She impressed me. She's somebody who I've seen, but not heard yeah, a she, lot. And she impressed me. She was an me.
0: engaged, thoughtful judge who cared.
1: Yeah. Um, Joe McHale, wherever you are, take, we'll, a, take a note. Oh, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> I want to hear Oblivia's opinion. So <laughs> we'll get to that later. But anyway, um, Brooklyn she sold her that
2: oh she sold that look she sold it with her motions she sold it with her personality and the lips like the little strip of lipstick mm-hmm. on the lips was the best bit of makeup work not by plastic tierra, all night long
1: i i thought that look was very well done i think it was frankly in my opinion brooklyn's only intricate look it was done and she's such a dancer that she really, she did a great look and she sold it well to a judge who had performed it and was like, wow, I wish I performed <laughs> in a movie I was in where I was that character.
2: That w- that was amazing. And
1: that's a great, that's a great critique. Totally. To that's probably what totally. <laughs> we'll get to the winning. Uh, so Evie perfectly executed a classic sexy witch look. She, perf- again, I feel like at this point, this season, and this season is moving in its judging much more towards performance. Not that that hasn't always been part of it. But I feel like the girls who are excelling are the ones who come out with a concept and sell it. I frankly, I feel like while this season has a lot of girls who feel like they like were on student council, um, they're very talented actresses. As someone who was stainless. on student council, I'm deeply offended. By you're that you're not at all. I um, was
2: also on student council. I'm I was on student.
1: I was on student council as well. Um, <laughs> but, so I felt like I feel like the show is moving in the direction of doing more acting challenges. Frankly, at this point, the Castle girls coming in 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 terms of sheer talent, in terms of both sewing and performance, are much stronger than the All-Stars seasons, and frankly, I think if that's the kind of talent that you have coming in, you should lean in and do it. I do like that Evie sold a very tasteful—Ross said it perfectly, it was simple, but it was clearly witch, and it was such tasteful choices in executing it, and she performed it perfectly, and she got her accolades, like, yeah, by, which I, I absolutely. Agree. I'm normally,
0: su- I'm normally not a huge fan of light colored contacts as a thing, but, but for like this, it was perfect. Yeah, yeah.
1: It was my perfect. favorite
2: thing about Evie was the hat. It was basically the witch hat equivalent of a Salvador Dali melting clock. Oh, absolutely. And it was perfect. Yeah,
1: yeah no, she. You know, it was. It was like sculpture. Yeah, no, for sure. It was. It was great. All right. So the third category is Beauty and Beast, uh, monster I'd like to fuck. And I feel like that is a category that's something that I feel like I would make sense of in a way that would be a hybrid of that. But I, I have to say, looking at this runway, I felt like a lot of the girls struggled to yeah, find well, the delicate one of those balance points. that
0: that was It's problem. so open-ended that it means nothing.
1: See, I feel like you have to manage to do both of these things. Yeah. And there's many ways in which you can do that. And here's the thing. If you lean in and you do one and not the other, as far as I, if I'm on the judges panel... If you do one really well and you're not doing the other at all, you are fucked. Like, you need to do both. You might do be, be doing well one more than the other. To me, that's you need to be able to do a balancing act, but there is a lot that you can do that technically fits within that balancing act. If you just do one and not the other, you're in the bottom as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, and I felt like a lot of the girls didn't really understand what the challenge was asking. For. All right,
0: so you asked me last week, I'll ask you, if you had to do this, what would your monster be? I
1: would definitely lean into, like, a sexy werewolf lady look. And I think that's because I tend to veer towards the, like, muscle bear side of the gay social world. And so I think, like, Beast You'd Like to Fuck immediately makes me think of, like, Wolverine, erotically sexy hairy men. And I do think I would manage to do, like, an hourglass feminine silhouette, but, like, beastly, like, furry um with like blood and fangs um yeah what about yourself
0: uh have you seen uh haunting of hell house on netflix no uh so there's a monster in that called the bent neck lady it's the this like she's wearing like this like tea stained victorian dress and her neck is like at a straight 90 degree angle and i think i could have turned that into a thing
1: okay what about yourself do you know what you would do for this look
2: um, I'm pretty sure I know what I would do, although I will preface it with, I, like Brooklyn Heights mentioned back in the workroom, don't really watch horror, I don't really read horror, I don't really know the horror oof. And since I mentioned her, I'll just put it out there. I'm really sad and really disappointed that Brooklyn Heights did not just stick to her guns on that first runner-up idea. Because the idea of her saying screw the usual horror tropes I'm coming up with my own that could have been amazing her
0: her idea was doing a horror version of Drop Dead Gorgeous which is like one of the most amazing movies in the history of time
2: I've never seen it you are
0: deeply homosexual that you're calling that movie (laughs) (laughs) when Denise Richards dies on that swan float that incinerates itself that uh, Alice and Janny like slutting it up oh, and uh was it ellen first who was the mom it was like and she got like the beer oh, that entire movie top to bottom is amazing all right so moving on, moving so on. who actually did what so
1: but, past- but as far
2: as what i would actually do if it were some kind of horror character i would probably conjure something up from like the weird hallucinogenic scared the shit out of me as a teenager bit from beavis and butthead to america
1: okay um so so let's start talking about the, the highs and I love lows you of are yeah, in my life. <laughs> yeah, me too, Olivia.
2: I love you both. <laughs>
1: um, so all right, so the highs and lows. Plastique came out as like a sexy femme grim reaper, if I'm myself. But with you know my... what
2: happened two before two before Plastique? Acacia made me snooze again, a black dress with some spider legs taped to it that were so non-creepy. That might have been the
1: same as the witch dress. Yeah, but with some spider legs she, taped to it. She glued the
0: spider legs to the to a backpack. You know Like I think she took I think she stole my Jan's for so and this just glued some spider legs feel, to it.
1: So <laughs> I felt like I lo- I thought a carrier killed it in ch- in the first runway. I thought in the second runway it was well tailored for what it was. But it was way too monochromatic, especially for a dark-skinned black girl. That it was like there's nothing popping, there's no contrast. You're disappearing on stage. You're working against yourself, and you're super talented. This, I was like, are you kidding me with those craft store spider legs?
2: You, you know, it was terrible. You know, the only thing in this world easier than adding two plus two, triggering my arachnophobia, oh, and a curious outfit didn't even go. do yeah, that.
0: I feel like. All of our podcasts turn into therapy sessions. Last week was uh, Condi and I processing what it's like to be a gay kid in high school, um, and now it's processing Oblivious' arachnophobia. So next week we're going to get that girl in here and discuss—I don't know—fear of flying. What? What do they got? <laughs> fear of so many things.
2: So anyway, I just just to co- to continue, you know, the one, two, three of my hating a, a-, a- should have gone home this week and wasn't even in the bottom three i just had to get that out there. okay all
1: right so i'm gonna leave so we're gonna pause because we keep di- di- digressing let me lead us down the category for runway three so okay you did not like a i i hear you i feel you you make a good point you are seen you are seen <laughs> you are heard uh so Plastique came down in a sexy femme grim reaper look. I will say that as much as I said a moment ago, I think I'd do like a sexy female Wolverine. I don't. You know what I did in, in with my very Halloween positive family a lot when I was doing a quick thrifty look? I'd, I'd do like a sexy femme undead makeup reliant look. The truth is I would do something like this and I would aspire to execute it as well as Plastique. I thought this sexy femme grim reaper look was gorgeous and well executed from top to bottom I, I loved it I thought the makeup was excellent the, the hair was great the makeup
2: was exquisite like yeah. the yeah. way she drew those teeth on her face was just I love it I reminded love
0: it. me both of Jinx doing the Dia de los Muertos look yeah. Yeah. oh
1: yes and
2: then didn't
0: Sharon have a similar look I'm sure yeah. I
1: haven't
2: watched for yeah.
0: a long time because
1: yeah. I, I have feelings about Fifi O'Hara that are complicated, and I don't like to re-experience if I can avoid them. Yeah.
0: well, just remember, Fifi O'Hara has to be Fifi O'Hara, so <laughs> you could say could
1: be. Worse I actually that. feel sorry for Fifi O'Hara because nobody would be that combative unless they grew up in a horribly abusive household, which we know she did. I think the prison of being Fifi O'Hara is horrible. Mm. I don't want to talk about it. And I don't want to watch
0: season four again because I don't want to re-experience it. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, D- down the line. We we we, we are we are at the last leg. We've handed the baton to the fourth runner. Let's let's make this All happen. Right, so Nina
1: came down and peeled off her face t- and she had a very like plus size model, like hourglass femme big boob kind of silhouette and big hair.
0: She peeled the face off and had the like gauzed over yeah. like wax mouth. I'm going to say two things about this look that slayed me. One, the mask was amazing. Yes. It's not a reveal if the first look isn't good. I agree. And
1: And the
2: mask was just... It was the perfect mask. It was the perfect shape. It was the perfect consistency when she pulled it off her face. Everything was amazing. The other
0: thing I liked about that, and what I read about the inspiration for that look, even I don't think they said it, but that's what my brain went, was the... um, Freak show season of American Horror Story with the weird clown missing his jaw. Haven't watched. You're not missing anything. Coven was like, You don't deserve my viewership anymore. Yeah. Give Jessica Lang any other motivation than youth and beauty. For I've... fuck's sake. Yeah, I would watch Jessica Lang murder people in search of a good sandwich. Write i write that show right here. Here was the
1: problem with Coven. If you took the women from that cast and you filmed them for nine hours having like dinner six times. And you aired that it oh, yeah. would have been a lot more interesting than
0: your fucking scripted show. Right. I would watch Angela Bassett and Kathy Bates go to lunch. Absolutely. Much you, better than that yeah, show. Yeah, I'd give was. you $22 and watch that in IMAX. <laughs>
1: yeah. No. Oh my god. Talk about your careers. Whatever. Are you fucking kidding me? That show was like, we're gonna give you an amazing cast and premise, and we're going to Do fucking, nothing with them. Do you wanna see this show turn into an even more flaccid penis until it like inverts into itself. It was a fucking train yeah. wreck. Ryan Murphy does... Like, American Horror Story is dead to me. Um. Anyways, <laughs> I digress. Uh. So Because we
0: haven't done that yet.
1: No, not <laughs> at all. Um. This is not going to be longer than Gone with the Wind, I promise. Aww. So the next that stood out to me was Brooklyn and her very dark bride, sexy, more than scary look oh. that I thought was very... Uh, it was a very gorgeous look. There were a lot of the details that I liked. She has a very dance way of moving it and she's so... The look, but there was nothing beastly about yeah. it at all. It was a pretty
2: black widow. No, what outfit. she
0: was serving. So
1: my point on yeah. you're do you, it's a delicate balance yeah. of sexy and scary, and there's a thousand things you can do with it. But if you only do one of those, uh-huh. as far as I'm concerned, you're fucked. I was like, this is great, and she's selling it. This is not this category. Yeah,
0: this is a deep cut theater reference. But what she was serving was Cheetah Rivera in The Visit a musical about a rich woman who goes back to her hometown and tries to get the village to murder her ex-lover in exchange for saving the town from financial ruin. Great fucking show. Love, Cheetah Rivera. Great look if you're trying to be Cheetah Rivera, but not a great look if you're trying to be a monster. Has there been an all-drag queen production of that yet? And if not, can we put one on? Yes. I, I, I... I... I will produce this. I will sell my home to make that happen. <laughs> all right, all right. I think I think we need to make. Yeah, it.
2: like if you if if, the, if there's a role for a non-binary queen somewhere, give, give me a call.
0: Well, since I'll be producing this sucker, we'll there make it will happen. be. Yeah, <laughs> this
1: queen, this this character is now at the they them.
2: That's <laughs> I it. like it. <laughs>
1: um, so Ariel came down in a mermaid look that was not scary, and I have to which, say that this- which time. Yeah, I know. Oh my God. It was
2: cute, but it wasn't a monster.
1: So, what I want to say about Ariel's look is she came down in that look in the workroom. They kept talking about, like, girl, it's not scary. And I remember when I saw it, it was like scales and it was shimmery. And the category is, like, you want to be sexy and scary. When I saw it, I was like, I'm sure she's going to do something weird with her makeup. It looks like a, makes her look like a, like, Is it, that dress looks like it would give her a shape and it would be mermaid, uh, like sea creature sexy. It could be like
2: the base of a sea monster. But if
1: you did your makeup right, you can make it like a sexy, creepy sea creature. So I didn't think that, like when they were overreacting, I was like, calm down. And then when she came out just as basic as they were telling her she was going to, I was like, oh, bitch. All she had to do to... Did you pack already?
0: Were you, like, do you want to go home? Yeah, all she had to do to elevate that look was run that wig under some water. Oh yeah! And then oh my she god! Be like, <laughs> then she'd be like, fake oil spill look?
1: Right, drowned fairy. mermaid or something. Yeah. Yes! Could, yeah. No, no, there's so many ways in which you can, or you, she could have done a little drawing of scales around the face more yeah. that made it look like I'm a sexy, beautiful woman, but also like a terrifying
2: She could have put the fish in fishy yeah, queen. Yeah, for
1: sure! Like, yeah. it was the kind of thing where I was like, you dumb bitch. She could have
0: murdered looked... a sailor.
1: Yeah. No. No. <laughs> and, and I felt like, I mean, honestly looking at that look, I was like, I think you want to go home. Yeah. You're not even trying to do the hybrid. She's
0: literally worn the same wig in a different color every five weeks in a row. Yeah, for sure. Um, Silky... I mean, when I do that, it's cute because that's my thing. When Ariel does it on the show, that's sad.
1: That, yes. Um, Silky did a she-devil look. I honestly think this was her only decent look. Um... And it wasn't even that great. Mm -hmm.
2: Like, I loved how severely it went in the knees and then came right back out again. Yeah. But other than that severe angle at the knees, I wasn't digging the rest of it.
0: Yeah, no, I I wasn't really. You know, we've been friends for about 200 years. And it both surprises, but doesn't surprise me that you would love a hobble dress.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's not something I would wear, but it's something I appreciate. And, yeah, Silky just wasn't... I mean, Silky deserved to be in the bottom three. If I had had my druthers, it would have been Akira and Silky singing in the bottom two. We're
1: not at the judging yet. Uh, okay, We're still this room. I know you're fine. You're fine, girl. We'll get to. We'll get there. <laughs> You've been voicing your opinion along the way, and we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> have it again. You, people will hear you. Um. So, Evie, Evie, uh, was more. So this was this was the one drop the ball, and I'm. Give me a a moment of a monologue on this. So Evie was... um, I understood when she was in the workroom and she talked about how she does a lot of weird arty drag and, like, monster stuff. I understood her impulse to push against herself in order to move in the glam direction. To, like, mix it up and Mm -hmm. to be showing the judges' versatility and that she's trying... That said, I think that at this show they're, they are looking at her and treating her like the spiritual successor of Sharon Needles a little bit, and I think they knew Ivy could have absolutely knocked this out of the park and given them great TV if she just like leaned into being herself and let her be herself and ran with it. Yeah, And I think that feeds well into the discussion of these queens are too aware of the show, that it actually works against it and their performance. Um, I, I get why she wanted to push against her odd. I think enough of the girls have been telling her she's a hideous monster casually in the workroom that like as much as she seems tough that affects all of us and it was the kind of thing where when I watched it I was like oh bitch you were so close this like voodoo doll chic look is landing on neither voodoo nor chic right now and for me when I watched her walk down the runway in this I was like "Ah, fuck I I know you could have killed it I
2: liked the makeup I didn't like the dress
1: or the hands and the hair the thing is I just... I, what, based on everything else we've seen, we know if she just like let herself really have fun with this, it would have been
0: something amazing. Yes! I, no, I have say, this is one of the few times I've questioned the details on Evie's look. Like, that... I, I understand intellectually the makeup around her eye was supposed to be a button yeah. eye, but the dot, the white dots that should indicate the holes in the button were mushy, so it didn't read immediately as button. And I'm like, Evie's normally really on point for those kinds of tiny details and it just wasn't there that week completely i have led us through this runway
1: in a structured way we're good i've covered it i feel that i've committed my 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 obligation yeah. to our audience give us all the tea you want girls <laughs> Olivia, you can monologue for 20 minutes on this girl didn't do this right this girl did that right tell me speak to the children yeah, who, who are, are your thoughts? top three and your bottom three yeah this no runway? yeah
2: Oh, my top three and my bottom three. Oh, I, I've, I've made no secret of who my top and my bottom. Like I think, I think Nina should have taken home the prize, and I think Akiria should have been sent packing. I just hated everything Akiria did and lived for everything Nina did. As far as the two behind them. Um, Silky and Ariel would have been the bottom two for me, along with Akiria, just because. Other than the cut in at the knee in the third, I just didn't like the rest of the stuff that Silky did. It's like, or I take that back. the The, the Whiz dress wasn't terrible, but it wasn't you know, super witchy either. And I guess also have I have really a
0: reference. No, no, I, I've oh. seen the I've seen all the versions of the Whiz personal favorite Mary J. Blige in the NBC live production delightful <laughs> I heard that was great oh so fucking good um the only weird thing was they didn't let anyone applaud it's very weird to watch a musical with no applause yeah it's, I agree it's like you get you get a cramp yeah, yeah. um and Eveline's a great look but even as Eveline it was still kind of a very basic look that wasn't super well constructed. Yeah.
2: It was you know, it was a dress that yeah. was something different than a I lot. I also of...
0: think if you're gonna
1: do that reference that a lot of people know but a lot of people don't, a better idea is to do something inspired by that also managed to well, also, land explicitly on yeah, the witch. Even, she to, didn't do that.
0: even to pull the comparison to Eveline from the Diana Ross movie, that Eveline was much more harshly made up than Silky. Yeah. Like that like cheekbone like that bitch's contours yeah. were, were were real blunt. Yeah. Um. So it was like you picked Evelyn, but then you printed her up too much. Yep. Even if she had just done a straight up like I'm like if Silky had contoured her cheeks like Trixie Mattel does when she goes to get groceries. Yeah. That would have actually been like a, a better achievement for what she was. representing. Yeah, she does. She does only paint one mug. Yeah.
2: Which she admitted to at least. Yeah. <laughs> And then as far as, so yeah, my bottom three would have been Ariel, Silky, and Akira. Ariel would have been my safe among them just because she didn't piss me off the way Silky or Akira did. So, like, even that first look for Silky, like, that unicorn look, like, yeah, great. It was, you know, kind of a, I don't know, unicorn-esque nighty, Like, yeah. Yeah. And then my top three, Nina would have been my winner. And my other two would have been Plastique because her makeup was chef's kiss. Perfect.
0: I love and that you performed and then described the chef's kiss. That, thank this you. This is
2: an audio medium. <laughs>
0: no, no, I appreciate you you being there for our listeners.
2: And then my other one would have been Brooklyn just because I... Particularly that second look, I loved it. And then I loved how she served and sold that on-point mummy. Um, The third look was definitely her weakest, just because it was, you know... It was nothing. It
0: was was just a pretty It was
2: a gorgeous black widow. I mean, I watch a lot of, like, you know, murder videos on YouTube, and a lot of them are about black widows, and... I think a lot of them would be a lot more entertaining if, you know, replacing the regular, like, this is a, you know, acting out of this Black Widow. Like, if it were just Brooklyn Heights all the time, that would be, like, a lot more gorgeous to look at. But just because there wasn't anyone who wowed me over and over again other than Nina and Plastique... Brooklyn would have done it because of yeah the on point selling of the mummy and just that makeup like that little strip of lipstick on okay. her second look was amazing.
0: Speaking of judicial nonsense, yeah, um, I thought the critique of plastique that we don't see her personality is ridiculous. I agree. Yeah, it's like first of all she it was ill applied in the Mariah challenge. But it was absolutely present in the black. Uh, Why It Gotta Be Black Panther. Like, Plastique has not been just a beauty queen this no, whole time. I agree. She no. just turned out three sickening looks. But if you told her you have turned out three sickening looks, there's no reason not to give her the win. No, I don't know. No. So
1: I will say on my part, um, first off, Oblivia, I love you and I love Sugarcane. And I love that you love Sugarcane enough that you did not acknowledge that she indisputably had the worst performance in this challenge of anybody like to me there's no fucking question that sugarcane cane oh yeah not yeah. just the bottom three the bottom two she wasn't i would her... but she
2: wasn't that bad no
1: she was she, she wasn't was that bad she had two of the worst looks of the night possibly incoherent. the actual yeah, worst, incoherent and one really great one and i love that bitch and i'm so glad she got to stay it was no question when this was all done that I was like, so sugar, like, in the bottom Seriously, Seriously. Like, I wonder who
0: she's dancing like, against. Like Coco Chanel style, that last look needed to like, take off two things. Not even. <laughs> Start again.
1: <laughs> um, like all together. And I, I stand by. I love that bitch. Oh yeah. Sure. I want her to stay. I'm glad she is. So let's talk about who actually, like the actual, the, the judging. So safe was Akira, Nina, Scarlet uh vanjie raja um and then the tops were plastique brooklyn and Ivy. the bottoms were sugar ariel and silky we obviously have discussed this at length um to me i hear what they were saying to plastique i legitimately think that michelle is on autopilot and she's like if you're 21 and pretty and very good at this I need to tell you you have no personality. Unless you're... Even the though you've been showing me that you have personality. Right. Yeah. I the whole time. I felt, to me, I look at this and I'm like, Brooklyn sold all of her looks, but some of them were way too fucking minimal and not really doing the challenge. As far as I'm concerned, there is no question. Plasti Tiara absolutely won. Brooklyn great. did a great job performing her looks, but... The mummy was too basic, but very good for what was the final look. Only did one edge of the two categories, and thus, to me, if I'm a judge, you're fucked. You do that once and you are fucked. So she would not have won if it was me. Nina West came out with fucking great costumes and performed that well. That confirmed for me that she's a fucking contender, a phenomenal performer. That performance would make me say, Bitch, I love you. You barely fit within these categories, but the looks you gave us were phenomenal. And I fucking love you. You're absolutely top. Your very good performance in this is going to, like, pay dividends in the future. Yeah. You weren't on it enough with the categories to have won. But I fucking love you. Mm. Which is honestly, if I'm were if i the judges panel long term, that's better than what Plastique did. But Plastique would have won this for me. Agreed. No question.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. But, oh, first of all, and the... Yeah, they need to tell the young skinny queen you have no personality unless you're Aquarian which they just can't stop jerking you, you off you
2: just said the A word again
0: okay she who shall not <laughs> we're not going to open the Aquaria can
1: of worms because I'm not a fan of her either but she did recognize her own weaknesses in order to figure out how to win two comedy challenges well within her own limits a 21 year old with that level of self awareness like say what you want about Aqu- Aquaria She's a look queen who knows her shit, and she's not funny, but she figured out how to be funny for two comedy challenges that she won. Like, I'm not thrilled with her win, but the bitch fucking earned it. Like,
0: as far as I'm concerned. Okay. I mean... No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, okay, moving on. And they're not going to give it to Eureka with a bunch of videos of her dropping the N-word in her routines left, right, and center.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: No. No. Right. All right, moving on
0: to the lip sync.
1: All right, so the lip sync is... Uh, Whitney Houston's I'm Your Baby Tonight, a song I have not heard since I was a child and my mother was listening to it. Um, it's, well, it's it's a lesser Whitney hit, but I like it. It's I mean, Whitney's great, and it's underwhelming to me. I remember cleaning my house in, like, 1992 with it on. Um, it was It's fine. Uh, I was hoping
2: for, like, the Monster Mash or something. <laughs>
1: yeah, you would think it would do something that made more sense. Um, Ariel Falls, which is tragic, and I... I felt a mix of pity and schadenfreude all at once. And they
0: made us watch it twice. I know. It was really I, upsetting.
1: I
2: didn't like the slow down edit, but I don't know how much of it was edit and how much of it was for realsies. I did at least like what I saw of Ariel, like, getting back up on the horse and, like, finishing out the lip sync yeah, and yeah. being like, Pro. I'm going to try. Pro. Yeah, yeah. Um, um,
0: I, think I agree. One of my things about lip sync songs is... Part of a performance of a lip sync is the illusion that you are performing the given song. And I think Sugarcane actually did a really good job of that by actually holding her... Like, normally when a queen stays in one very small area, that's almost like the concession speech of lip syncs. Yeah. But for this song, it's... This song is not like... It's, it's not, you know, how will I know that, you know, has Manila in the back and like using the whole stage it's this song is a bit of a strut yep. and it's a bit of a self-contained one it's, yep. it's a much it's a much more internal like i'm i fucking you across the room yes. type song yes and sugarcane definitely connected with that energy far more effectively yes i, I will mean, say
2: this also about sugarcane during her third look the only thing that i jotted on my page was the vulva was fun <laughs> And then the only thing I jotted on my well, one of the things I jotted on my page during the lip sync, Sugar's vulva was even more distracting after the reveal. Yeah. So it's like she put all this like I don't know like, merkin sto- like yeah like the merkin stuff like on her on her vulva, and it's like. That was all I could look at. Yeah, also, no, I also, will
0: say it's the kind of thing where once you see it, it's you, what your eye does
1: You can't unsee Also, I
0: just want to say, Oblivious Notes are like the Magna Carta over here. I'm looking at like 15 single line pages full of detailed errata about this episode.
1: And the writing, you can tell when it gets angry. Uh, so I'm going to say my thoughts on the lip sync was, so Ariel fell right away. I felt like she tried, and she did get up quickly, which I respect, she tried dancing the song and performing it in a very bouncy way, in a way that says, "Yes, Britney is your idol." And I, I completely agree <laughs> with everything that Ursula said about Sugar. It's not quite a park and bark; it is more like a strutting in your space and feeling the song. Yes, and Sugar had the emotional instincts to feel the song, and I, her lip sync was tighter and more emotive. Yes, and you could say Ariel fell; she lost it for that reason was moving more I feel like Suga understood like spiritually what this song yeah, was this and she is, performed
0: yeah, that this is not a song that calls for two death drops it's just not
1: no and her she was so emotive in doing it and yeah. like I think some people are like oh she's like two stepping around but kind of like bouncing like she's upset and it's like yeah that's what you do for this song yes. she was her lip sync was completely on point and yeah. her emotional
0: her expressions her this, her this song is a plucked string yeah it is the vibration of a plucked string, yeah. where it's like it's just energy in place. Yeah, and she knew she knew
2: that. Yeah. Sugar knew not to just, oh, I have to lip sync for my life. Let's throw out all the stuff in my arsenal. Yeah, the kitchen Sugar sink. was very focused as to this is the song, this is how I'm gonna do it, and it worked.
0: Yeah, yeah the kitchen sink lip sync is not my favorite, where it's just like every trick in the book just gets hurled. Like,
1: LaGanja, I'm doing Death Traps from the start. Well, girl, save it.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: you're actually working against yourself by doing Death Traps from the start, you lunatic. Yeah. Um, Poor LaGanja. Um, so, I'm going to say, overall, my notes on this episode, I would just like to say, I, as you can tell from the first two episodes of this show... I am a queen who knows how to sew. I think I'm fucking Tim Gunn. If I let myself run wild, I'd tell you about every fucking hemline on this podcast, and so no one. Oh, would we listen. didn't even discuss. Ursula would fall asleep. We're gonna walk, walk away, walk away, walk away. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say my feelings on this episode were: I feel like this is a, a season of. Queens were are very talented on the runway and very talented entertainers. And when I heard the premise and that Elvira was here, I was super excited, especially for Evie oddly. I will say that I was disappointed in this episode, not because it was disappointed, but because at this point I have such a high view of their technical capacities that I expected more, particularly out of Evie, and it was good. But I, I wish that Evie just like let herself get as fucking weird as she wanted well and
0: something I was thinking about this episode when they announced the challenge three crafted looks is a is something out of the show's early seasons yeah we have not done a show quite like this in some they time they don't even ask the all stars to, to, to show anymore it's interesting to see this episode that I think a season three or season four or season five group of queens would have had a lot more highs even if they also had a lot more lows yes
1: yeah I agree I agree and, and I do think it's the kind of thing where it's like we watched Evie temper her own brilliance. And I'm glad the judges spoke to that. Because I feel like they were telling her, no, we're living for your gig, girl. We want you to live for it, too.
2: Although, speaking of what the judges did, I also lived for what Ross told ariel during the comments oh my where, god
0: yes we're was... yes, yes. Oh, my <laughs> god. oh my god
2: yes that was amazing I just
0: to here i'm the sound engineer in this whole enterprise and i'm just watching a bunch of stuff i'm gonna have to edit down later because y'all spiked super hard sorry put it out there
2: so yeah so, the i Club live
0: Go on, go
2: on. So, yes, I lived for what Ross told Ariel. I mean, I thought Ross had his moment for the season back when he told the Team Mariah that they were going to have to bring it on the runway. But I'm loving this bitchy Ross when he's like, you know, Ariel starts talking about how she hasn't, you know, been able to show all she needs to show and she wants a chance to show all she needs to show and Ross calls her out and is like, you've watched this show before. You've heard all these other queens say they haven't been able to show what they need to show. And Ariel just... I think Ariel I'm so strong. Out. But, yeah.
1: no, I'm telling, and do you want to strangle them? Oh, yeah. And then he said that almost like, you know that you're a, an annoying fucking bitch, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And I'm really,
0: like, I was like sitting on Condi's couch watching this just like rolling my eyes to the back of my spine i mean just uh, i yeah i hate the like you haven't seen the real me what is is there a real you do you exist in minkowski space time we gave know. you
1: a halloween challenge and you leaned into lisa frank yeah. mermaid and like miley cyrus as you see at disney channel inspired witch girl are you looking for a cameo on pretty little liars like what is happening right now yeah this this is a drag race Halloween three runways like
0: give me creepy for fucking sake and here's the thing even with the insane judging we can see from time to time three insane looks would get more positive praise even if they failed yes like like a swing and a miss is better uh, Hurt. buckle in children Hercel's about to make a sports metaphor (laughs) swinging and missing the ball is better than a strike looking what What's the term of ours? Am I using that Yeah, strike
2: looking or. Lean you know, in,
0: girl. You better edit this going out down.
2: <laughs> Going down swinging is better than going down looking.
0: Thank you. Th- thank you, Oblivion. This is why you're here. <laughs> um, but yeah, you do just... talk to the straight sometimes, don't you? <laughs> I,
2: I do, in my not talking on a Drag Race podcast life, I do write about sports for a living. It may not be baseball, but I am conversant in sports more in generally. The sports ball? Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay, so Ariel went home, and it was time. Okay, do we think anything else about that? I didn't think
1: she was doing a particularly bad job. I honestly feel like after Mercedes went home, anybody who was like, "Ooh, girl, did you get on the wrong bus?" had gone. Um, I felt I like Ariel had a. Oh my
0: god! Sorry. Don't even. Okay. Don't I, even don't you are very I'm angry about that, but I I want you to process the possibility that that is just your arachnophobia.
2: No, the thing is, is the look was so bad that it didn't even touch on my arachnophobia. Like, it was insufficiently spider-ish to even... I was expecting to feel the I will give you, her
1: third runway was bad. I don't think her first... Her
2: first two at all. Adequate. I hated them.
1: Did you... Have you disliked... So, wait. All right. So, let's just pause on Ariel. Yeah. Ariel is somebody who I think had a bad week, and this is a week where it's like, if you can't push against your love of Lisa Frank and Disney enough to be creepy on this stage... Because we're asking you this one time, yeah, it's time to go home. She wasn't somebody where I was like, "You've been showing me incompetent this whole time." No, yeah, yeah. So but, I wasn't like, yeah, but, but, there was nobody this episode where I was like, "That girl's card." Like last week, we were all like, "Finally, please fucking send Mercedes home, right?" She seems real phone. nice, but yeah. she is yeah. way out of her league. I didn't feel that way about anybody this yeah.
2: episode. Neither did I.
1: Um, but it, I mean, it makes sense that they sent Ariel home. Now, now, Oblivia. I love Akuria Davenport. I feel like she is being totally underpraised overall this season. I don't think she did well this challenge. You seem to feel very strongly that she would have been home, should have gone home. Have you felt that she has performed poorly overall this season?
2: No, but the thing is, is there wasn't anybody, like through last week, there wasn't really anybody other than Mercedes that I thought was standing out as doing badly. So this week was almost a tabula rasa. Everybody was either... Well, not quite a the rasa, but almost. People were at worst competent, if not better. Yep. And so I just thought Akuria was the most aggressively bad this week. And that's why I'm so pissed off that she... And she wasn't even put in the bottom
1: three. You thought that she did worse than Sugar.
2: Yes. What? Suga, like, if there were a bottom four, Sugar would have been in it. No,
0: Sugar's in the bottom three regardless. Like... Like, I'll agree with you, Nina should have rounded out the top. I will give you that. I think she had interesting, completed... She wasn't doing the categories. You think? Uh, No. So the last look was fun
1: and perfectly executed. It wasn't sexy enough to be sexy. It wasn't a milk because it was too creepy, Creepy scary, that it didn't manage to, like, stick the landing between the two, but she did do voluptuous so I wouldn't, like, hold it too much against her. The first one was a great little house of what is it? Oh my god! I just, little
2: house of horrors. Little house of horrors. Little, little
1: shop. Okay, you, little shop. Oh, of we, little
2: horrors. shop of horrors. We Not just, little we we're gonna
1: just, edit this yeah, down. We we're, edit <laughs> this out. <laughs> no, we'll lose all of our listeners. Edit this out. <laughs> little shop of horrors reference dress. I liked it. She clearly put it on a short dress to vaguely fit in that category. It wasn't fitting the category enough. All of her looks were fucking great, and as a judge, I'd be like, I see you, bitch. But you don't get in the top three, but it, it helps you later. That's the carryover okay. is real. Okay. okay. And, okay. I, and frankly, my feeling is this. If you brought those looks or you have these concepts and you're like, I'm going to fit this really fucking fun and wow gag me on a runway concept into a category it doesn't quite fit into, I'm not going to put you in the top, but I'm gonna, I, I fucking see you, bitch. And that, that's what happened with Nina with me this week, which I'm fine with. Frankly, I think that's her highlighting her strengths. I think that was her best I like, I'm, I'm thrilled with her performance. Hmm. That's that's my feeling.
2: Okay, okay. And it sure beat the crud out of her making an outfit for the runway from like the first week. I know. I told
1: her, I mean, I said on this podcast, I convinced her so you will love Nina West. I was like this will be the worst performance you see out of Nina West. I promise you. And has that held up thus if, far? Uh, yeah. <laughs> You can say yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I know that's hard for her. I don't like doing things just because people tell me to, even when they're correct. I know the feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Ariel's gone home, and we are not sad, not surprised. I don't feel a lot. I don't feel a lot generally. I've tamped down my emotions out of self-defense. You and me both.
1: Alright, that's the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for coming, Obliviac.
2: Thank you for having me. Yeah,
1: no, you've been a blast. Uh, I'm Condé Nasty. I'm Hercel of the Sea Bitch. Uh, And this has been Reading Drag Race. Please rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, send smoke signals of love. You get the idea. Um, And if your name is Louis Fertel, we love you and your big, beautiful, sexy brain. You're everything. You're a model. You look like Linda Evangelista. Please be on our podcast. Bye. Bye! And now, a reading from That Girl Down the Street that you don't like.
3: Hey everyone, this is That Girl Down the Street with your weekly drag queen tarot reading. This week I'm going to be uh, reading Arielle Versace, the most recently eliminated queen from RuPaul's Drag Race. Let's get started. Ooh. Ooh, bitch. (laughs) Ooh, that's... Ooh, honey, that's a rough one. Well, um... Well, sometimes we read the cards and sometimes the cards read us and they are reading you for filth, honey. Ooh. It ain't good. So your cards are the Ten of Swords, Temperance in Reversed, and the World in Reversed. So, let's start off with your past card, the Ten of Swords. It represents just (sighs) failure and defeat. Um... The good thing about this is that this Failure and Defeat is your past card, so uh, looking forward is the possibility of things getting better, so that's always nice. The worst is behind you, Ariel, and uh, that's something that is good. Now your next card is Temperance in the Reverse Position which signifies some sort of fundamental incompatibility. So what this could refer to is the fact that what you're doing right now and the way that you're going about things is just not working for you. So what this would probably signify is that a change in approach is necessary in order to get the best result something needs to be changed so that you can move forward in a way that is in harmony and balance. Okay, mama? Now the final card is the world in reverse. I equate the world with really the manifestation of the world that you seek, so in the reverse position it has to do with uh inertia and really the continuation of things so that would translate to uh just the fact that the world that you seek the world that you crave is something that is still needing work and that we really need to refocus on the world that we want to create and Putting our energies into making that world. Overall, I would say that the three cards signify a recent failure uh, and defeat, um, the need for uh, reevaluation due to a fundamental incompatibility that is occurring, and That ultimately the world that you seek will be one that is created through conscious effort as opposed to maybe just effortlessly coming into being. So, Ariel, overall, not the best we've had, but also... It creates a lot of opportunities for you to really focus on what it is that you want out of this world. Ah, well, this has been your weekly tarot card reading with That Girl Down the Street, part of the Reading Drag Race podcast. Thank you. Have a good one. Clap now.